it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it. Before we get to our guest, a quick message from our sponsor. We've talked a lot about Mike Lindell's products at MyPillow.com. The quality is just amazing, and everything he makes lasts forever. He's got a new product out right now that the summertime customer will just absolutely love. We've all had the slippers, and the quality on those is amazing. People rave about them. He's got the three layers of comfort, where he's morphed that technology into the summertime sandals. They look like Crocs, but they're much more comfortable and long-lasting. Again, the proprietary three-layer technology that will give you extreme comfort in these sandals to wear around uh, for the rest of your summers, actually. So how can you get these? You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CDM to get the massive discounts he has on for the launch of this product. But just don't look at the sandals. Mike has over 600 products. If you're looking for household goods or apparel, don't go to the big box communist retailers that support the cabal. Support the Patriots, support CDM.press using pro, promo code CDM and get the best discounts available at MyPillow.com. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome, Welcome to Information to Operation. Operation. We've got Kim Brooks and Mary Bell Hodges today who are breaking big news in Georgia. I am going to let them just tell us what's going on. Go ahead, ladies. Thank you. Hi, Todd. Thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, we, you know, we've been digging into voter rolls and looking through Gwinnett County. We uh, been engaging with the election board uh, about 10 months, going on 11 months. Um, you know, in the beginning, they were there was a lot of pushback. No, they didn't see mm -hmm. anything wrong, you know, and there was just so much of that going on in Georgia from the top leadership down. You know, their behavior when so many abnormal things happened election night in 2020, their behavior alone was suspect that something's not right here. Yeah. And so we decided as a team, we decided just we're not under any umbrella. We're not, you know, a nonprofit. We're just some people in Gwinnett County. We decided we were going to have to dig in ourselves and start engaging and looking what, you know, what's up, what's going on in, in Gwinnett County. And we made sort of a pledge, a challenge to the election board because they were pushing us back so much. We said we would leave no stone unturned until we Great. found out what happened in the election and Gwinnett County in 2020. Uh, so from there, I'll tell you a little bit about, I'll let Kim tell you a little bit about what she started helping us find and how her and I got connected and the numbers. That's what you probably want to hear, the numbers. Let, let me ask you a quick question. There's been some changes to the election board, which some people say are positive. Have you experienced any difference uh, since the new people got appointed? Uh, so the election board, doesn't have any new people appointed this year. We have a new election supervisor. Um, oh, you're, you're talking Gwinnett County. Then. Gwinnett Is County, it? yes. My mistake. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll okay. So, so Zach, um, Zach Manifold is an election supervisor, works for Gwinnett County. So he oversees that. And mm -hmm. he um, he's new. 
So he really is mm -hmm. not responsible for the roles, the 2020 roles. And he's mm -hmm. been pretty gracious to work with us. Um, we have a good working relationship and we hope to be able to continue that. Um, they're going to be challenged today, though. Quite challenged, as a matter of fact. Good. They need to be. Go ahead, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so um, from a data perspective, I work exclusively in the Secretary of State's certified files. Mm -hmm. um, and so that includes voter rolls surrounding the election all the way to current and voter history files and absentee files as they relate to a particular election. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I want to say and say strongly is the files do not reconcile in any shape or form for the 2020 election. And the voter rolls are bloated. And so the 37,500 affidavits that were delivered today um, contain two buckets, if you will. The first bucket is 20,000 disputed votes. We'll say it's due to maladministration. Um, we have 21,820 some odd that were requ ballots, request for ballots prior to the legal date in Georgia. That legal date in Georgia was May 6, 2020. This is before SB 202 was enacted. So in 2020, that date would have been May 6. We have ballots in Gwinnett County that were requested January of 2019. Mm -hmm. 2019. Mm -hmm. We have thousands of them, actually. We actually have tens of thousands of them. So that 21,800 and how many is how many Gwinnett County accepted and actually mailed a ballot. All of them should have been rejected. In the Gwinnett County files, there are actually 10 that they rejected. And the reason for rejection was greater than 180 days prior to the election. So they understood the law. We mm -hmm. understand the law. That's a big bucket. Of those, 15,000 or so turned into votes. Mm -hmm. So those are votes on illegal ballots. It gets even more interesting, and I won't talk more about this. There's more to come. But when you see swaths of requests way before COVID, mm. says no human, I'll just say it, says no human in January, I think I'm going to request that early ballot for the 2020 election. Yeah. And not only the human didn't say it probably, um, lots of humans on the same day. There's a lot of interesting things going on in those early ballots. So more, more coming. We have a thousand deleted votes in Gwinnett County. We believe they're deleted votes because in your voter roll next to your name in Georgia is your date last voted. So it tells you, I never know how you vote. I don't care what you look like and I don't care your party. All I care is are you a real person and did you legally vote? And did the county handle your vote appropriately? I just want to say that for the record. So um, so next to your name is date last voted. So if you look at your voter roll and it says you voted in the 2020 election, but then you go to the voter history file where the Secretary of State has said, this is unequivocally 
the record that your vote was counted in the 2020 election. So how do we define a deleted vote? You're in your voter roll as voting in the 2020 election, but you do not show up in the voter history file. And we have over a thousand of those in Gwinnett County alone. And that's not okay. That's not okay yeah, at all. Of course. Um, we have uh, duplicate voters. So you can have Sally Smith. I'm just using a fictitious mm -hmm. name at 123 Main Street that was born in 1985. Let's just do something totally fictitious. Mm -hmm. And then you have another Sally Smith, same birth year, same address, different registration ID. Mm -hmm. That is mm -hmm. defined as a duplicate voter. Our motor voter um, laws that we have is part of the reason um, we should make it easy to vote. We should make it hard to cheat. Okay. Mm -hmm. But we have lots of duplicates. All right. In that. So we have 2,600, 2,600, 2,700 duplicate votes of those pairs, 249 pairs voted twice and three times. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. Um, we have, non-existent addresses. So we ran as a team um, NCOA data on 625,000 people that are residents of Gwinnett County. We came back with stunning numbers. The first number is 93,000 and change do not live at their registration address. It's like wow. a 14.9% error rate in the voter rolls. People move and that's okay, mm -hmm. but voter rolls need to be accurate. Okay. But when we ran this NCOA data, we found a lot of error codes and I was kind of frustrated. I was thinking this service isn't working. Oh no, that's not it. Um, we discovered non-existent addresses. So we have non-existent homes with registered voters. We have non-existent apartment buildings with registered voters. We have pin drops on the side of the road with registered voters. They're non-existent addresses. And per Georgia law, one of the things you have to provide is a full legal name, your birthday, and a full address of where you lay your head at night. Yeah. You you can mail to a P.O. box, but your registration address needs to be your home, your residence, your domicile. So we have 26, 2700 non-existent addresses. Then we have. Am I going? Am, no, am you're, I, doing great. you're doing great. Thank you. I've been kind of living this for a while. <laughs> we have four hundred and fifty. Um, address issues. Like we have registered voters in Gwinnett registered to vote out of a public storage unit. Interesting. Tiny house, no plumbing. I don't know, but it's not legal. All right. Um, PO boxes, um, CD hotels that rent by the hour, um, extended stays, RV parks. You get the picture. Um, yeah. Oh, and we have a handful. Um, little more than a handful, but not tons, that literally next to the person's name for the address field, it says missing address. So we have people on the voter roll with no address. No address. Yeah. Okay. Um, we have 2,600, back to the NCOA data, 
we have 2,600 registration IDs that the, the person moved out of the county. Now, whether the person voted in 2020 in Gwinnett, we don't know, but yeah. they were given credit for voting mm -hmm. in 2020. So we have people that have moved as far back as 2017 and 2018, still on the Gwinnett County voter rolls, which is not okay. They need to get off. You know, the last thing you think of doing when you move to Florida and create your next happy life mm -hmm. is call the secretary of state yeah. and say, I need to be taken off the voter roll. But when your registration ID shows up as voting, that's a problem. Right. And so how, how do, um, has there been any response on this from any officials? Um, I know you just released it, but have you been working with officials? Have you got any like, uh, well, this is the reason for that or anything like that? I'm just curious. Actually, actually, we have. We've done, you know, we haven't submitted a lot of challenges up to this point, but we have mm -hmm. tested the waters to see, mm -hmm. you know, what mm -hmm. are they going to require of us? What, you know, what, mm -hmm. do we, what do we need to bring to the table mm -hmm. to get them to understand the problem? So I can give you a couple of examples. We had 108 non-existent addresses we submitted mm -hmm. to them. So they, and they hold a hearing. When you submit a challenge, the um, election office sends out letters to all the voters that are being challenged and saying, hey, you know, someone someone in the county, an elector in the county is challenging your vote, which is it's lawful to do. It's been a law. We've been able to do that for years. Some some mm -hmm. media people say, oh, that's a new law. It's not a new law. It's been in existence for a while. So those people, those people get a letter and to appear at a hearing. So that they can state why they're, you know, why they shouldn't be even be challenged as a voter, which is good. We want people to come in. If if we've got it wrong, we we want to know. Sure. So of 108 letters that were sent out three times, by the way, to get people to a hearing. Seven people showed up to answer the challenge. Mm -hmm. And it was because that they, they corrected their rec their own record. They said, yeah, y'all have my address wrong. So the election board out of 108, seven showed up and said, well, my my address is wrong. There's a typo in my address. The, the numbers are exchanged. So they showed their IDs to the election board offices and board. The correction was made then. They turned around and I'm thinking, you know, you don't know how people are going to respond to a challenge sure. like that. Sure. I'm not there to take anybody's vote away. But when they turn to walk away, you know, I, I thank them for coming to answer the challenge. And they they were glad that I did. You could tell that they were happy to correct the record. So that leaves 101. The county has sent out three mailings. They're not tracking what comes back as undeliverable because we've asked them. Mm -hmm. That's 101 of non-existent addresses or because I can't imagine that many people wouldn't want to come in. If I got a letter, I would go in and say, yeah, the, no, this is wrong. This is my address. So that in, in Florida, we've had the same issue because uh, I live in Miami Beach, but the same exact issue where people are getting, uh, you know, ballot, their ballots are being returned and then as undeliverable. And then those votes are being cast in massive numbers. That's exactly what's happened. So, you know, that to me gives us a good, good capture of, so I think Kim said we have how many non-existent. So, 
Yeah, we have 2,700 non-existent addresses on mm. that we've identified. And we actually have more than that. Um, we're a small team of very hardworking people. <laughs> yes. And we have a backlog of 18,000 more affidavits to submit. Wow. So when you say, just for to make it clear for the audience, when you say you submit an affidavit, you're submitting an affidavit that this particular voter is invalid, essentially, right? What we're saying specifically is mm -hmm. this registration ID that has a name attached to it mm -hmm. is at a location that does not exist. Gotcha. And therefore, it is an illegal voter until that voter shows up and provides their appropriate documentation that shows where their domicile is. That's the law. That's that's all. That's the law. So where are you guys in this process? Uh, you're, you've submitted affidavits. Uh, you showed that many voted in the past. How do you clean this up? And what do you, is there anything you can do about 2020? Well, that's a great question, by the way. So, you know, first of all, you know, our efforts have been focused on the county level because we have, and you know, we have the most authority where we live. Which to, it needs to be, yeah. Correct. To engage. So, mm -hmm. you know, they don't, the election board, I mean, and our, you know, we know that they can't really decertify, although there's probably even a question, mm -hmm. if you look at the constitution, they probably do have authority to go, mm -hmm. uh, no, we made a mistake. We're pulling back. We're, we're going to pull back our withdrawal certification, mm -hmm. but there's got to be two paths. So our effort with the county is more, let's get the role right. Let's get it accurate. Let's get it cleaned up. Let's get the people off. If they don't mm -hmm. live in the county, they can't vote in the county. That's very mm -hmm. basic law, actually. So and then we're, you know, we're really praying that there's another path for this affidavit work to lawfully we call we like to call it getting our diamonds back. We're kind of, mm -hmm. you know, we're girls. We like diamonds. We call them the the votes, the 2020 votes that are unlawful. Mm -hmm. They're we consider those diamonds. We want them back. Mm -hmm. The pathway for that, I don't know, our justice system is not really you know, very just these days. I think we all can see that that has fallen to the wayside. Justice has fallen to the wayside. Um, but I know there's a pathway. I don't really know it. I like to refer to in Joshua three, when they, God was taking him across the Jordan and God said, listen to my instruction because you haven't been this way before. That's where mm -hmm. we're sitting. We haven't been this way before as a county, as a state or a nation, mm -hmm. but there's got to be a way to get what was stolen back. Wow. Is there anything else you want to, uh, because this really has national implications. You know, we found in Florida that like they would take a street, you know, red barn street, and then they would make a red barn lane and have the exact same house numbers, the exact same, and just change a little thing on each one and just replicate, you know, votes over and over. So this has national implications. What, what else do you want our audience to know? Uh, other counties in Georgia. I mean, how did you, is there anything they need to know to do this in their counties? I would like to speak to the other counties in Georgia. Yeah. I've actually started speaking to some of the other counties in Georgia. Mm -hmm. So the, the evidence that we found in Gwinnett County, mm, we've been working pretty hard on and it's all consuming. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a group of patriots doing all this background work to overly prove what we're stating. 
Um, but now we have other patriots in other counties mm -hmm. replicating the same analysis, still in the Secretary of State certified files. There's nothing special sauce here. But one, and we're seeing interesting things across the state. Mm -hmm. I would like to leave it as vague as that. Okay. But what a, it's of no surprise to anyone listening that what occurred in one county perhaps could have occurred in other counties. And mm -hmm. other patriots are finding this same type of analysis and issues in their own home county. Yeah. Okay. And I'd well, like to add. Yeah, go ahead. If I may just add to that, you know, there are lots of little counties. That's that's the exciting thing. I think, you know, we've really seen the Republic fall. But mm -hmm. to me, we may we probably have never been this close to bringing restoration because small mm -hmm. groups are really engaging, actively engaging, even if they don't know the answers. I know when we started, I was like, I, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know. But we got to do something, you know, and yeah. he's just directed our steps. We're seeing that in other counties, not just in Georgia, but around, you know, all, all across the nation. I think we saw that with the Truth Summit. We saw every state weigh in, mm -hmm. every state in the union weighed in. That was very significant. Mm -hmm. And with that said, you know, God, God will bring a team together. You know, Kim and I met. We won't go in that story, but it is a great story. Mm -hmm. But one of the things about Kim and our team, you know, we have to learn to see things that we can't think. The structures that are in our government now, they are not, the fix is not there. So we've got to think outside that box. And the first time when Kim and I started, she started looking at the voter rolls, probably three days into looking at the convolution of the voter rolls, she said, we got to get off the Secretary of State's game board. Mm -hmm. And when she said that, that struck me because I'm like, that's exactly what we need to do. You know, how I don't have the how of how we do that, but but she said she was determined to get the files off of his game board and into some semblance of how she could meet it out and find the things that she needed to find. So it is real key for groups to be thinking outside of what we would normally, normally go to the courts, normally do this. Yeah. We have to engage in our local community and part of it's on us. We are accountable. The founders told us, gave mm -hmm. us instruction, hold the government accountable well, we weren't really doing that very well. You know, we just thought, well, if they have an RD, you vote for the one, you know. So now we're learning to engage locally. And yeah, it's not been easy, but, you know, we've got to be in it for the long haul. We can do this. We can turn this nation back to righteousness. We just have to be determined. And it doesn't mean, you know, what I like an army. Yeah. But I want if I just give me a small group in unity, we can move mountains. This is true. So we want to have you guys back, but before we let you go, how how do people get in touch with you, and how do you how can they help you if you need help? Well, we don't have it by heart. We have a new email address and phone number for a season such as this. What's yeah. on our press so, release, Todd? So our our me, our <laughs> our email address is media g, as in Glenn B as in Ball, uh -huh. at yahoo.com. Okay. We'll have a new phone number because I was told not to give out my personal, but I haven't set up the voicemail. I can give you the number, but you got to give me 30 minutes. To, this has kind of hit us like a little storm, you know? Of course. We, we've never done this before. Is it obvious? <laughs> well, a lot of us are in that same boat. So 
So the phone number, I can give the phone number. Yes. Okay. Is 470-436-4362. Okay. But I, I'm not high tech, but I think I can get this voicemail set up, but give me a little bit of time. I understand. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, thank you. I want to have you back when you have more. Will you let us know when, when you've got something else to talk about? Thank you for sharing, letting yeah. us share on your show. We really like your show. Yes. Oh, thank, thank you. you so it'll much. Be, uh, it'll, we'll get this out nationwide because everybody needs to see this. So thank you very much, Liz. Take care. Have a good day. You too. Okay.